Okay, good afternoon everyone. Bruch Mavam Shamalechem to the Kala Aga de Pirka Network. Parshas Vayishlach. We have a very amazing subject this morning relevant to Parshas Vayishlach and to our whole existence in the Gullah. The Pasuk is describing the encounter of Yaakov Avinu. This long-awaited encounter, Yaakov Inu is finally returning back to Eretz after 22 years, and he knows he has to face his arch enemy, his brother. Yaakov was very frightened and he was distressed. He divided the people that were with him, the Esatzoin, and the sheep, the Esatzbakar, and the cattle, the Hagamalim, and the camels, the Shnei Machanos, into two camps. So Yaakov was very afraid and he was distressed. And he divided the people into two camps. Says Rashi, what was Yaakov afraid of? Rashi says, Vayira Shema Yeharek. He was afraid lest he be killed. Vayetzer and he was distressed. Im Yeharek, Im Yeharek If he were to kill others. So Yaakov Avinu was uh, very afraid lest he have to, uh, lest he be killed by his brother, and he was distressed, lest he kill others. This is a very difficult Rashi. We understand that Yaakov was afraid, lest he be killed. But what does it mean he was afraid if he has to kill others? Who exactly are these others? Presumably the others are Esav Harasha. And, but the question is, so just say Esav. Why is Rashi couching the, the name of Esav as others, as Achirim? Rashi should say, ask the Esav. Why is Esav being referred to as Achirim? He should be called his actual name. That's question number one. Question number two is the question of the Mizrahi. And uh, the Mizrahi says that Shema Yaharoig Achirim says the Mizrahi he was afraid maybe he would kill Esav and his father would curse him but just to say that he was afraid he was going to kill Esav why would he be afraid he would be killing Esav so what we know that Esav was coming Esav was coming to kill him and the Torah tells us like we learn out from someone who's ba b'mach teres, that if someone is coming to kill you, then you gotta save your skin, you gotta save your own life. Um, the, the Mizrahi quotes in b'mach teres, yimotzi hagana, v'humas umeid enloy damim, because he came out l'skein afashos. So really there are two questions on this Rashi. Question number one is, why is Rashi referring to Esav as acherim? And number two, so what if he would kill Esav? Why is he worried he would have to kill Esav? But Esav's coming to kill him, so he would be uh, he would be required to kill Esav. These are the two questions on Rashi. So there are a number of uh, approaches over here. We'll start with the approach of Yeshua Leib Diskin. There, there was a prophecy that both Yaakov and Esav would die on the same day. Like Rivka Yimenu says, Ad shuv af achicha mimcha until your brother's wrath is uh, 
restored, is, is uh, removed from you, and and um, he forgets what you did to him, and I'll send to you, and I'll take you from there. Why should I be, be, be bereft of both of you on one day? And <clears throat> Rashi says, what was Rivka Yimenu saying? So Rivka says, because you know how she knew that they would both die in one day? In other words, he goes, he's going to try to kill you. You'll kill him. And his kids will kill you. In other words, Rivka knew that if either one of them were to kill the other, so the children of the deceased, of the murdered, will uh, take revenge. But Rashi says, There is a spirit of divine... Um, the divine spirit was uh, thrown into her. In other words, she was speaking prophecy. She prophesied that they would both die in one day. In other words, there was a certain prophecy that Rivka knew that Yaakov and Esau would both die on the same day. Therefore, it says Rabbi Shulay Diskin, when Rashi says that Yaakov was frightened lest he have to kill Esau, what's wrong with killing Esau? Esau's coming to kill him. So, Rabbi Shulayim says, well, because Yaakov Avinu knew the prophecy of his mother, namely, that they would both die on the same day. So, so, so uh, Yaakov Avinu knew that if he were to kill Esau, then on that very day, he himself would die. So, Vayira Yaakov Ma'od, lest he be killed. Vayetzer if he were to have to kill Esau, and then he knew that would end up bringing about his own demise. That's how Rabbi Shulayim Diskin understands Rashi. Vayira Shema Yehareg, Vayetzer Loi Shema Yehareg Acherim, and if he's Yehareg Acherim, that would mean his own demise. You can ask on Rabbi Shulayim Diskin, then it comes out that it's all the same thing. He was Vayira Shema Yehareg, Vayitzeloi. It's also Shema Yehareg because he wasn't really worried he would have to kill Esau. He was worried that he would uh, die on the day that he killed Esau. And therefore, I would like to share with you another incredible shot. Now, this sounds somewhat like a drush, but this drush is so widespread. It's found in so many classic svarim. This. Um, and the range and the gamut of svarim that this uh, idea is found in really spans the entire spectrum of Sifrei Yisrael. It's found in the Sefer Peninim Yukarim, which is basically a collection of very sharp Devei Torah. It's found in the Sefer Pardes Yosef, which is a collection of like Poilusha uh, Devei Torah. And, or, then it's in the Sefer Mayana Shel Torah. Ayanashal Torah is like a classic collection of the Torah of Alexander Zuska, Alexander Zusha Friedman. It was actually a Chavrusa of my Elta Zeda in Sachachav. And it's in the modern Sefer Chavatzelas Hasharon, which is a Sefer of Lomdus. And he says this Dvar Torah is uh, widespread in the Bate Hamedrash. He says, Ubebei Midrasha Irvach Levair. And this is also quoted by the Kloisenberger um, Rebbe in the Sefer Yitzchak Piskam, where he says that the world 
um, is mafarish. Ha'olam mafarshim as dvarav shal Yaakov. So, in other words, this is a very classic pshat, and it's based on the Gemara and Gittin. The Gemara and Gittin tells us that the Romans sent the Caesar Neron Caesar to destroy the base of Mikdash. So he wanted to see whether ominously his uh, his siege would be successful. So he sends an arrow to the right; it lands toward Jerusalem. It's, he sends an arrow to the left; it it uh, lands toward uh, J- Jerusalem. He's, in every direction he sends his arrows, it lands toward Jerusalem. And he figures, okay, he'll be successful. So he meets, he meets a child, and he asks the child, um, he asks the child, uh, what do you think, um, what do you think God says about my siege? So the child quoted him the following pasuk. Basically, the child told him that God will take revenge against him. So the Nero Kesar said, God wants me to do his dirty work, then he's going to wipe his hands with me. By the way, this Gemara, is quoted by Rashi in this week's Parsha to demonstrate the meaning of the words, Okay, be it as it may, very interestingly, the Gemara tells us what did Nero Kesar do. The Gemara says, Arak he fled, the Azal and he left, the Agayer and he converted, the Nafak Mine Ravmeir, and Ravmeir came out of him. So this Gemara is telling us that Ravmeir was not a descendant of Shevet Ruvain, was not a descendant of Shevet Yehuda, he was not a Koyen, he was not a Levi. No, Ravmeir was a descendant of Edoin. It's an amazing thing, by the way. Um, I'll share with you a, a very interesting idea from the Abarbanel. The Abarbanel in Oivadia comments on the Gemara in Sanhedrin. The Gemara in Sanhedrin number 36 over here says on the prophecy of Oivadia, Hazoin Oivadia, Koy Omar Hashem Eloikim, Le'edoim. The Gemara says, Maishno Oivadia Le'edoim. Why is Oivadia the one to testify about the downfall of Edoim? Of, of Edoim? who grew up among two Rishayim and he did not learn from their bad ways testify about Esau who grew up among two Tzadikim and he didn't learn from their good ways says the Gemara Amar Ephraim Maksha'a Talmidoy Shoramer Ephraim Maksha'a Stun Shoramer said in the name of Rameer Oivadio was a Geradoimi and therefore, since he was a Geradoimi, he's the one who testified about the downfall of Edoim. This illustrates the concept So the Abarbanel points out, it's not a coincidence that Rav Meir was the one who highlighted that Oivadia was a Geradoimi. How did Rav Meir know Oivadia was a Geradoimi? Because Rav Meir is from Edoim. Who would know about the history of Edoim better than Rav Meir? As the Gemara and Gittin says that we just learned, the Rameir descended from Nero Kesar. Okay, so so far we learned that Rameir is a descendant of Asa. So we are descendants of Yaakov, Rameir is a descendant of Asa. Fine. Let's get a Gemara in Hariyaz, your Gimelam and Beis. The Gemara tells us the story, the Kitzer of Rav Shimon ben Gamliel was the Nasi, Rameir was the Chacham, Rav Nasi was the Abdazin. When Roshim Gamliel would walk into the room, they would stand up. 
when Ram, when Rameer would walk in the room, they would stand up. When Rav Nassim would walk into the room, they would stand up. And Rav Shimon Gamliel said, what kind of ridiculous practice is this? There's no difference between the Nasi and the Chacham and the Abbasin. You can't have a rabbi, an assistant rabbi, an associate rabbi. That's a recipe for disaster. We can't have every, we can't have all the Rabbanim treated the same. And therefore, Shimon Gamliel made a Takana on the day Ramey and Ramnasan weren't around. And the Takana was, basically, you stand up for me, you don't stand up for them. Rameir and Rav Nassim didn't like that. So they wanted to sort of put Rav Gamliel in his place. And they knew that Rav Gamliel was not an expert in Uktsin. So they figured that tomorrow he'll come into the base Medish. We'll ask him to give a share. He'll say on what topic? We'll say Uktsin. He'll show he doesn't really know the subject. And uh, we'll depose him. Meanwhile, Rav Yaakov ben Karshi overhears the whole plot. And he says this is going to lead to embarrassment. So that night, Rabbi Yaakov and Karshi is sort of learning on the top of his lungs. Oksin, 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 oksin. And Rishon Gamliel overhears. He figures I better pay attention. In the morning, Rav Meir and Rav Nassim, they, they tell Rabbi, uh, Rishon Gamliel, new Zagiber, give shir. He says on what? They say oksin. He starts giving shir and oksin like nobody's business. And... Um, and he said, look, I figured out your plan. I knew what you are trying to do. You guys are out of here. From now on, you can't be in the base medrash anymore. And the Gemara says an incredible thing that Rav, May, that Rav Shem Gamliel nicknamed, named Rav Meir and Rav Nassim a special name. Rav Nassim is called Yesh Oimrim and Rav Meir is called Achirim. So whenever you see in a Mishnah or in a Braisa, Rav Meir... That was the Takana of Rav Shem Gamliel. That from now on, Rav Meir is called Achirim. Ooh, say the Pninam Yukarim. Says the Pardes Yosef. Says Mayana Shotaira. Says the Mayana Shotaira. Says Chavatzal's Hasharoin. Says the Kloisenberger Rebbe. The deeper meaning of Rashi is Yaakov was Vayira Yaakov Shema Yehorek. He was afraid lest he be killed. Vayetzerla, he was distressed. Shema Yaroik Achirim. That if he would kill Esav, then there wouldn't be Rameir. What does Achirim have to do with it? That is the name of Rameir. Rameir is called Achirim. That's Kavanosa Shorashi. Shema Yaroik Achirim. He was afraid if he would kill Esav, then there would never be a Tana Rameir. Now, this, as we mentioned, this Tvar Torah is so widespread, it's so common, give me one second, that everybody says it. It's Irvach, the Midrasha, Ha'olam Oimrim. This is like the most well-known drush and pshat in this Rashi. Shema Yarag Esachirim is referring to the great Tana Rebbeah, which I'm sure you know is one of my favorite subjects. But Ein Beis Hamedrash Beli Chidosh, and we want to um, investigate Marvra Boisai. Why Dafka at this interval in time was Yaakov Avinu worried about the preserving the Tana Rav Meir? I mean, Rav Meir is a great Tana, 
And Yaakov Avinu certainly at any time in his life could have made sure to preserve this great Tana. But why specifically now at this juncture is Yaakov Avinu so worried about Rameer? By the way, just in terms of the subject, why is Rameer, that Rameer is called Achirim? The Munkacher brings in a Sefer Divrei Torah that it says in Mishlei, Daga belev ish yusichenu la'acherim. If somebody is worried, he should tell it to others. Literally, it means that you have something on your chest. Don't keep it on your chest. Talk it out. Speak it out. And Daga belev ish yusichenu la'acherim. This is a remez to the idea that if someone is in trouble, they're mespalel alakad demeir aneni. Da'aga belevish. If someone is worried, yisichena la'acherem. Okay, Marv Rabbi So we'd like to offer um, a very important approach, which will really open up new vistas of understanding of Parshas Vayishlach in general. We're all familiar that Rav Meir's shita. His well-known shita, his famous shita, that we've discussed many, many times, is Rav Meir holds, as we learn in Kedushin Daflamid Vav, that regardless of how we conduct ourselves, regardless of how we behave, benkach ubenkach nikra'em banim. We are always considered the children of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The Gemara Kedushin brings the Machlokes Rabbi Huda and Rav Meir. Rabbi Huda says, when we act like children, we are children. I like to say. That would be a very convenient arrangement if we could have with our own children. For example, you take your kids to the store. My kids, of course, always behave under all circumstances. And it's very even hard for me to relate to the idea of children not behaving. But they tell me there are some people that sometimes their kids act up. So wouldn't it be convenient to say, if somebody says, who are these kids? You could say, I- actually, I don't know who they are. I... uh I rented them for the day. I'm, I'm hired. I'm their babysitter for the day, but I actually don't know where I got them from. They're my avodim. You know, that would be very convenient. And when they're, let's say, if you catch them on a good day when they're behaving, then you say, well, these are my, these are my kids. That is what Rabbi Huda says our relationship is with God. That when we're good boys, when we're good kinderlach, we're his children. When we're bad, then we're not his children. Rameir holds Benkach u Benkach Banim. We are always considered the children of Hashem. And Rameir marshals four Psukim to support his view. He quotes the Pasuk Banim Sakhalim, Banim Laimun Bam, Zaramareim Banim Ashkisim, and Bnei Kelchai. And we've discussed in the past, and we have a humble safer safer on the subject, Al Kadameir Anini, that there are a number of reasons why even though we never paskin like Rameir, in this Machlikus we paskin like him. One reason the Rajva writes in a number of Chuvas, Kupsadi Be Kupsadi Dalid and Reshman Bez is because Reb Meir marshals Psukim to support him. And therefore we paskin like Rameir. Rabbi Huda Maimon says we paskin like Rameir because usually Reb Meir is quoted as the Tanakama, here he's quoted as the latter Tana. Others say the MS Liakov says we pass like Rameir is because the reason we don't pass like Rameir usually is because the rabbis didn't really understand what he was talking about. But since this is a machloikas relevant to our relationship with Hashem, therefore certainly God is Yared Lusayf Daitai Shal Rameir 
and therefore we paskin like Rameir. There are a number of reasons why we paskin like Rameir in this Machloikas. And if you look in our humble Sefer in Parak Beis, which is page Yud Gimel, we offer a number of Ta'amim of why we paskin like Rameir in this particular Machloikas. Today, I would like to discuss the following subject. Namely, Rav Meir seems to contradict himself in a number of places in Shas, where there are a number of Gemaras that seem to indicate that Rav Meir did not subscribe to the opinion that Benkach u Benkach Kruyim Banim. For example, let's take a look in the Gemara Navoidazara, Andav Zayin. The Gemara says Andav Zayin, Tanarabanan, Fichulan. There's number 33 on the sheet. By the way, if you're on the Zoom, then you could access the sheets. It's on the screen. If you're if you're uh, not on the Zoom, or even if you are and you want to see the actual Mar Mekoymos, Rabbi Yisrael Maskowitz, um has them. Uh, Rabbi Yisrael is uh, the uh, Roish of the Agad Pirk of Queens, and I'm sure he'll be happy to send it to you. Uh, also, if you go to our site, RabbiDG.com, you could access the Maramakoimais, where you could also um, log on to the Zoom. Okay, but the Gemara says in Avodah regarding shepherds and those who deal with small animals, that they're considered gazlanim, and Rav Meir is of the opinion that their tshuva will never be accepted, as opposed to Rav Yehuda, who holds under certain circumstances their tshuva is accepted, but Rameir is the most strict of all the Tanoim. Rameir holds there are certain petty crimes for which the offender can never ever do tshuva. Does that sound consistent with Heshita? That Benkach, Benkach, Nekram, Banim, that God always loves us and we're never too far gone and Hashem always considers us His beloved children? Why would Rameir? That would not seem to be consistent with Rameir's general view that um, Rameir is very harsh on those who on those who are Gazlan and Rameir holds they are not able to do tshuva. So that is a question that a number of Achroinim ask that Rameir is not consistent with his uh, general shita. Um, this is raised in a Torah journal called Kal Taira, number 25 on your sheet. This is also um, raised by Rav Moshe Tzuriel in number 24, that Rameir is not consistent with the Shita. Uh, let me show you another Gemara, that, uh, which seems to indicate that Rameir was very tough on sinners. This is a famous Gemara. The Gemara Brachas Tafiyot, number 22 on the sheet. The Gemara tells us that there were bandits in the neighborhood of Rameir, and they annoyed him. They played very loud music, doesn't say they play, They played um, Gentile music. It could have they were playing Jewish music, but loud Jewish music is just as infuriating as uh, as other cultures. It's it's no better. But anyway, that's for this different discussion. But they were the bandits. They were annoying Rameir. So Rameir prayed that they should die. You know, he didn't want to get in a fight with them. He didn't want to be on bad terms with them. So he just davened that they should die. He said, Hashem, please kill them. And by the way, 
if his tefillos would have been accepted, that would effectively ended any aggravation he would have received because, as it is well known, people who are dead can play loud music. So that's what Rameir did. He davened that they should die. And Bruria, his wife, who Bruria was a tough lady. The Gemara tells us that Bruria once saw a student who was learning in his mind without saying the words. The Gemara says she kicked him. She said, you're going to forget your learning. You can only remember learning if you say the words. So Bruria was not a pushover. And she tells her mayor, what do you hold? It says, Miksiv. Chaitim? Does it say sinners? It says sin! Sin! The end of the Pasuk. Yitamu chatam isham Once there's no more sin, there won't be any more wicked. So Ramir says, what should I daven? She said, daven they should do tshuva. So he daven they should do tshuva. Now, but, but Ramir at first, his approach was, you have a sinner, God, kill them. What do you mean kill them? But their their taira zisa yingalach of Hakadosh Baruch Hu didn't Rav Meir say that even if somebody who is oyved avoydazara, even if somebody is foolish, even someone who doesn't have any amuna, he's called a child of Hashem. Not only is he called a child of Hashem, he's called a good, noble, admirable, beloved child of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So how is that consistent with Rav Meir and avoydazara that? People who commit a petty crime can never do tshuva. How is that consistent with Rameir and Brachais that he davened that the Rishayim should die? That's a good question. In other words, okay, we know Rabbi Gladstein. We've heard this share before about Rameir and Acherim. Yeah, but I have some new information for you. Because Rameir's shita, Ben Kachabayan he is not consistent with that shita throughout Shas. So let's offer two possibilities. <clears throat> you know, Rameir holds were always the children of Hashem. And in fact, in Avos Rav Nasan in Paraklamitas, he says, Rameir Oimer, Chaviv Adam Shenivra B'Tselem, Shenemar, Ki B'Tselem Elohim Asa Es HaAdam. Chavivin Yisrael Shenikru Bonim Lamakoim, Shenemar Bonim Atem Lashem Elohim. Now, Rav Meir in Pirkei Avais says that although all of man are beloved, that they are created in the image of God, only Klal Yisrael are, um, enjoy the distinction that we're the children of Hashem. So, I was just in England last week, and I learned a lot of very important things when I was in England. For example, when you come out of the airport, you meet your host, in a car park, not in a parking lot. There's no such thing as a parking lot. You meet them in the car park. And then you take your suitcase and they put it in the boot. Not in the trunk, they put it in the boot. But I want to teach you one of my favorite English phrases. And it goes as follows. You ever hear people say, All mankind, we're all the children of Hashem. So I have a new expression to teach you. It's a bunch of rubbish. It's not true. We are not all the children of Hashem. Only Klal Yisrael are considered the children of Hashem. That's what it says in Pirkei Avais. All of mankind are created B'Tselem Elohim. Only Klal Yisrael are Bonim Lamakim. Shenemar Bonim Atem Lashem Lekechem. 
That, friends, is the statement of Rabbi Meir. But here's the question. But I remember in Perkei Avos, someone else made that statement. Rabbi Akiva, look at number 19. Rabbi Akiva Oimer. Ah, Huhaya Oimer. Chaviv Adam Shenivra B'Tselem. Chaviv in Yisrael Shenikuban L'Amakoim. So I have a question for you. Why in Perkei Avos was Rabbi Akiva the Baal HaMemra of Bonim Atem Hashem Aleikeichem? And in Avos to Rav Nason, Rav Meir is the Baal HaMemra of Bonim Atem Hashem Aleikeichem. Who is it? Let's make up our mind. Who's the Baal HaMemra? Is it Rav Meir or is it Rabbi Akiva? So the Binyan Yehoshua on Avos to Rav Nason says, Maybe... Rabbi Akiva said it. And who was the student of Rabbi Akiva? Rav Meir was the student of Rabbi Akiva. So Rav, Me- Rav Akiva taught it in Perkei Avais. Rav Meir learned it from him. And Rav Meir gave it over in Avais. Rav Nosson, it's not a stira. Rav Meir was a student of Rabbi Akiva. Okay, so then it comes out that Rav Meir did not naturally say Banimatem Lashem Lekechem. He learned it from his Rabbi. Comes the Sefer... Nachale Devash. <coughs> the Sefer Nachale Devash. Nachalas Devash says, maybe this would answer the stira in Reb Meir's. Originally, Reb Meir held that we are not always the children of Hashem. And if we sin, we're his avodim. And perhaps we can lose our eternal connection to the Rebbe Nishlam. We're not always considered Banan Lamakan. But that's before he was Makabel from his Rebbe, Rebbe Akiva, Chavivin Yisrael Shenikru Banan Lamakan. So the Gemara Navoy Zara, that people commit petty crimes, can't do tshuva, that's before he was Makabel from Rebbe Akiva. The Gemara in Brachos that he davened that the Risham should do tshuva is before he was Makabel from Rebbe Akiva. But once he was Makabel from Rebbe Akiva, that so he changed his view, he changed his uh, world view, and he holds we are always considered the children of Hashem. But there's another way to answer up the stira and shas between the various opinions of uh, Rabbi Aki, uh, of Rabbi Meir. And this um, is a humble suggestion that I later found in the Sefer Nachlas Devash. And that is, Rav Meir originally started off that if you're a sinner, then the rabbi should die and you should die. Because you forfeited your connection to the Yubanishan. Because you're only considered a child of Hashem when you do Ritzayin Hashem. But you know who influenced him that this is not the correct attitude? Not his Rebbe, Rebbe Akiva. A different Rebbe of his. Her name was Rebetzin Bruria. Bruria influenced Reb Meir. In other words, it's not that Reb Meir changed his shita because of his Reb Meir. Reb Meir changed his shita because of Bruria, and it's Mavur in Brachos. At first, Reb Meir davened the Risham Shaddai, and Bruria gave it to him. He said, well, why? It says, Yitamu Chatoim, not Chaitim. So the Gemara, Navoy de Zara, that says Reb Meir held that we cannot accept the tshuva of petty crime, those who commit petty crime. That's before Bruria taught him the real Mahalach. But once Bruria came along, Rav Meir changed his worldview, and Rav Meir held, 
Bain Kachu, Bain Kach Nikram Bonim. So really, Burya is responsible for Shitas Rameir. So either he got it from Rabbi Akiva, or he got it from Burya. Now we're ready for a more full understanding of Parshas Vayishlach. Because the Ramban teaches us in a few places on the Parsha. The Ramban says in the opening of this week's Parsha, the Parsha's Vayishlach was taught, look at number 16, to teach me three lessons. Number one, that God saved his servant, Yaakov Avinu, and redeemed him from someone more mighty than him and sent an angel to save him. Number two, it's to teach us that Yaakov Avinu did not trust in his righteousness and he made regular hishtadlus and efforts, be it through warfare, be it through shoychad, to try to save himself. And third of all, this parsha was written as a portent for future generations that whatever happened to Yaakov Avinu with Esav is the paradigm and the pre-enactment of our interactions with the descendants of Esav, namely with Rome. And that is why the Ramban says later on in the parsha that when the great Tanoim ever had a deal with the Roman government, they would always study Parshas Vayishlach to learn out the proper course of action in their interactions with the Roman Empire. And the Ramban says in Perak Lamegimel, Pasuk Tezvav, that <coughs> there is a tradition from the sages that Parshas Vayishlach is the Parsha of Golos, the Parsha of Exile. And Yaakov Avinu's dealing with Esav is the paradigm and pre-enactment of how a Jew conducts himself in the Golos and interacts with Esav and interacts with Rome. And that is why Rabbi Yanai, before he would go to the courts in Rome, he would always study Parshas Vayishlach and remind himself never to allow any Romans to accompany him like Yaakov Avinu. And Esav said, you know what, I'll, I'll go ahead to Seir and I'll leave you some of my men and uh, you'll travel with them until you catch up with me. And Yaakov said, no, 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 you guys, you all go ahead, and I'll c- catch up with you later. Please don't send anyone with me. By the way, the story goes, the Panavacharav was once on a train, and he sees some hoodlums, they were eyeing him. They looked like they were up to no good, and they looked like they were going to get off at his stop and cause him some trouble. So the train arrives at the stop, and the doors open, and the Panavicharav was a very shrewd man, and he sees these hoodlums, they're about to follow him, so he turns to them, he says, after me, friends, and these hoodlums get off, and the Panavicharav jumps back into the train, and he goes to the next stop. And they asked him, you know, Rav, where do you learn this Eitzah from? He said, I learned it from Yaakov Avinu. Eitzah said, I'll send some guys with me, with you. And Yaakov said, no thanks, you guys go ahead, catch up with you later. So anyway, one time the Ramban says, Rav Yanai forgot to study Parshas Vayishlach and he took some Romans to accompany him and sure enough, they tried to extort his garment from him and he had to sell his coat. Says Ramban, There's a tradition that Parshas Vayishlach is the Parsha of Golos. So whatever happens in Parshas Vayishlach, is the parsha of the exile of the Jewish people, and the Gra adds further, not just the exile, but the very end of exile. Parshas Vayishlach is called Ikvasad de Meshicha. As we know, Rebbe Chanan wrote a whole work called Ikvasad de Meshicha, 
and a lot of it is based on Parshas Vayishlach. And he even says that the manner in which Yaakov Avinu dealt with Esav is the paradigm of the way things will be in the end of days, and the fact that first Yaakov positioned the Shvachos, followed by their children, followed by Leah Viladeha, followed by Rachel and Yosef, that is a portent to the end of days, where the leaders of the Jewish people will be the Erev Rav, followed by the Hamoinam, followed by the Tamide Chachamim. Once upon a time, the Torah scholars led the Jewish people. But in Ikvasod de Meshicha, it's the Erev Rav that leads the Jewish people. And then the regular people, look, what does the Erev Rav want? And then they tell the rabbis what they should say. Not easy being a rabbi in Ikvasod de Meshicha. Because they don't have any say. The Erev Rav leads the people. Where do we learn this from? From the fact that when Yaakov Avinu encountered Esav, first came the Shvachai, says Rabbi Hanan. Then came... Le'av Yiladeh, then Rachel v'Yosef, the Tamid Chachamim. So basically, Parshas Vayishlach is the Parsha of Golos, but not the Parsha of Golos. Parshas Vayishlach is 2021. Parshas Vayishlach is Ikvasod Meshicha, the very end of Golos, the heel of Golos. By the way, Ramosha Shapiro once commented on this terminology, Ikvasod Meshicha, the heel of Mashiach. See, on the one hand, the heel is the thickest part of the body. It's the most coarse part of the body. It's the most rough and insensitive part of the body. And the heel needs to be that way because the heel is stepping on the ground. Sometimes it's cold. Sometimes it's hot. Sometimes it's rocky. Sometimes there's glass. The heel is very insensitive and callous and jaded. And that's the way we are in the end of days. It's very hard to inspire someone. It's very hard to move someone. We're callous, we're jaded, and we have to be. We've suffered so much, we don't have an alternative. But, in a certain sense, the bottom of the foot is also the most sensitive part of the body. That even though it's calloused, but there's that little spot that you could give a little tickle to, and it's almost the most sensitive part of the body. So too, in our generation, even though we're calloused, and even though we're thick, and even though we're jaded, but the, we, we all have that little spot. And in a certain sense, we are able to be moved perhaps more than any other generation in history. So that's just a very keen and important observation. Be it as it may, I think this sheds a lot of light on why Yaakov Avinu was so concerned to preserve the Tanner of Meir. Because we've learned in the past from Rabbi Yaakov Shaltiel Nino, the Emes Yaakov, that in the end of days when God wants to bring the Mashiach, He's going he's gonna to dispatch Mashiach, but the nations of the world are going to say, you can't send Mashiach. For the Jews, they're not better than us. They're not more righteous than us. They're not more deserving of us. And God is going to have a very difficult time arguing with the nations of the world because they got a point. Are we really better? And the only winning argument, says Emes Yaakov, of why the Rebbe Hashem could actually bring Mashiach at the end of the Golos, is because we paskin like Rav Meir, and the reason why Hashem will redeem us is not really because we're deserving or because we're worthy, but because we are His children. 
And therefore, Yaakov Avinu in Parshas Vayishlach, he's living through what is known as Ikvasad the Meshicha. And living through Ikvasad the Meshicha, Yaakov Avinu knows there is one individual who more than anyone else must be preserved for the, these end of days. And that is Vayira Yaakov Ma'oid Vayetzelah. Yaakov was very afraid and he was distressed. He was afraid lest he be killed. But he was even more distressed if Chas V'Sholem, he kills Esav, there won't be a Remeir. And without Remeir, we don't have a chance for Geula. As the Ben Yoyada writes, there's only one individual who's buried standing, Rav Meir, because his Shita stands up for the Jewish people until the end of time. And that is why it is specifically at this juncture of time that Yaakov Avinu was so concerned Shema Yaharoig Acherim. He needs to preserve Shitas Rameir for the end of days. So you'll say, but wait a second. But it's not really Shitas Rameir, because Rameir originally held that we're not the children of Hashem. And that people who commit petty crimes, they can never do tshuva. And that you should daven for the wicked to die. It wasn't really his idea. He was influenced by someone. So who is he influenced by? He was influenced by his wife, Bruria. Oh, guess who Yaakov Avinu? After he says, Vayiro Yaakov he's worried, Shema You know who Yaakov Avinu now goes to rescue? Watch this. Who's Bruria? The Gemara says, Bruria was the daughter of, of Rameir. Excuse me, Buria was the wife of Rameir. Barte de Rav Chanina ben Trajan, Hanoi. The daughter of Rav Chanina ben Trajan. <coughs> Rabbeinu Nisim says, Buria was the daughter of Rav Chanina ben Trajan, the wife of Rameir. And watch this. In Parshas Vayishlach, Yaakov, you know, comes to the city of Shechem and they make a deal. Because Shechem ben Chamoer, he's interested in Dina. So they make a deal. They say, Ho'anoshim ho'ele shleimim hemitanu. Ho'anoshim ho'ele shleimim hemitanu. V'yeshu v'aretz v'yizcharu aysa v'ha'aretz. Hinei rachavas yodayim lefnehem. The earth, behold, it is of wide hands before you. What does that mean? What does it mean the earth has wide hands? Says the Arizal, Rachavas is a Rashi Tevois, Rebbe Chanina ben Tradyoin. Rachavas is Rashi Tevois, Rebbe Chanina ben Tradyoin. And he brings that the neshama of Rabbi Hanina ben Tradyon was me'ureves in the klipa of Shechem ben Chamar. And through this koyach, he took Dina, the daughter of Yaakov. And that's why he was killed. That's why Rabbi Hanina ben Tradyon was killed, to be purified. Bottom line is, the Archaim HaKadosh also says likewise, sometimes when a holy neshama connects to a Kayach of Tumah, he's able to extract a soul, and that is what happened through Dina Bas Yaakov. She drew 
the neshama of Rabbi Chanina ben Tradyain. The remez is Rachavas Yadayim is Rashi Tevois Rabbi Chanina ben Tradyain. So, friends, Yaakov Avinu is not only concerned Shema Yahara Gacherem, and therefore he has to preserve the Holy Tana, Rav Meir. But more than that, Yaakov Avinu knows that it's not Rav Meir per se that he has to preserve. It's the Shita Ben Kach or Ben Kach Bonim. And therefore Hashkoch El Yoyna is Mesavev Sivuvin to orchestrate and arrange that not only would Rav Meir be preserved, but Rav Meir's wife, who's really the author and the Baal HaMemra of this Shita, Ben Kach Ben Kach Bonim, she too is preserved in the aftermath of Yaakov Avinu's encounter with Esav Harasha. We could perhaps add one idea. I want to tell you a chidush that we put uh, in a footnote in our humble sefer on page Tzadi. And that is an astounding idea of Rav Shamshin Me'ashtapoli. We mentioned before another possibility that you know where Rameir got his shita from? Ben kachu, ben banim. He got it from his Rebbe, Rabbi Akiva. That's why in Perkei Ovois, Rabbi Akiva is the Baal HaMemra of Banim Atam Hashem Lekechem, and Rameir adopted it from Rabbi Akiva. By the way, Rabbi Vagi Yosef writes, another reason why we paskin like Rameir, Ben Kachu, Ben Kachu, even though we never paskin like Rameir, is because Rabbi Akiva holds Ben Kachu, Ben Kachu, Banim. And by the way, you know how we know Rabbi Akiva holds that? Says Rabbi Vadia, because the Gemara Baba Basra says that when Tornus Rufus says that when a Jew gives tzedakah, it's really in an act, it's an illegal act because God decreed that this person shouldn't have money. So if a king decrees that someone shouldn't have money and someone comes and supports the the criminal, the king will be very upset with them. Rabbi Kiva says, "No bad analogy." We are not Hashem's avadim, we're Hashem's banim. And therefore, even though our father decreed we shouldn't have food, but if somebody secretly feeds the kid, the father will be very pleased. Says Rabbi Vadya, from here we see Rabbi Akiva's of the opinion, and therefore Rabbi Akiva holds like Rabbi Meir Shita as well. And therefore, even though we don't normally pass on like Rabbi Meir, but we always pass on like Rabbi Akiva. Therefore, we're going to suggest as follows. Yaakov Avinu knows we need to preserve Shitas Rameir Ben Kachu Ben Kachu But where did Rameir get it from? Rameir got it from his Rebbe Rebbe Akiva. And that is why in Parshas Vayishlach, not only does Yaakov rescue Rabbi Chanina Ben Tradyon, the father of Bruria, Yaakov Avinu rescues Rabbi Akiva. How's that? Says Rabbi Shamshin Me'ashtapoli in Likutei Shoshanim, page Nun Gimel. Rabbi Akiva was a nitzutz of Shechem ben Chamar. The remez is when Rabbi Akiva says, "Mi yitneni talmid chacham va'anashchenu kechamar." Now, obviously, these are dvarim ha'im de beruma shalolim. Who could have ever imagined any connection between Rabbi Akiva and Shechem ben Chamar? But Rabbi Shanshan Shapoli says, in fact. In Shechem ben Chamar was Nishmas Rabbi Akiva. So with Parshas Vayishlach, the Parsha of Ikvasod the Mashicha, the end of days, the final Tekufa before the Achras Hayamim, when it's a Zman, then more than anything else, we need to be Soimech on the Shita of Rameir and Rabbi Akiva, 
Therefore, Yaakov Avinu is afraid. Shema Yaharoig Acherim. And Yaakov Avinu rescues Aviv Shalbruya, the author of Ben Kach And therefore, Yaakov Avinu makes sure to free the soul of Rabbi Akiva, who is released from none other than Shechem Ben Chamar. And therefore, as Yaakov Avinu is marching toward Esav, and he sees Vayares Esav Meirachoik. Meirachoik means he sees into the far off future, the state of the Jewish people in the end of days. Yaakov Avinu understands what he has to do. He has to ensure that no matter what we do in the end of days, we will always be connected to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that we are able to solidify our relationship of Banim Lamakaim. Tana Rav Meir Oimer Chavivin Yisrael Shenikru Banim Shenemar Banim Atem Lashem Lekechem. Thank you everybody for joining us uh, this afternoon. Bez Hashem, hope to see everyone on uh, next Monday at 11.40. If anybody wants to join every um, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday now at 5.30pm on the same Zoom, we learn Archos Chaim Larash for 10 minutes. Everyone's welcome to join us. Or Monday and Tuesday night, Mesech the Yavama is Dav HaShavua at 9.15. Wishing everyone a wonderful day. Brach Vatzlacha. Kaltov.